When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking for a judgment-free zone? Are you looking for a host that's an open book? Do you want to discuss the things that we all face in real life with a heavy dash of motivation? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Let Me Touch You podcast. Let's get started. Here's your host, Barbie. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Let Me Touch You Podcast. I am your host, Barbie, and today I have two amazing people with me. Jay, let everyone know who you are, where you're from. All right, I am Jay Christian. I am the host of the Cognac Room Podcast, located here in the beautiful city of Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, yes, yes. And then we have, wait, Jay, before I introduce the next person, real quick, what is your sign? Because I want to know if I messed that up first episode. (laughs) I'm a Leo. Oh, I didn't mess it up. Ooh, okay. So (laughs) here's our other guest, Mr. Leo. Oh, is that that was my cue? My fault? I didn't know that was my cue. I thought that there was more to follow. Um, Styles, host of the Burnt Hour Podcast, co-host of Happy Hour Podcast, out of the dirty city, New York. Why would you say that? Because we're filthy. (laughs) We're filthy. It's filthy out here. That's horrible. I love the crazy city. Because we don't know any better. I guess. So now I have two favorite Leos. Style is usually the our favorite Leo on the Let Me Touch You podcast, but now we're going to have two, and oh my God, I'm not ready for two Leos at the same time. <laughs> Guys, pray for me. This is going to be a really fun season. So Jay and Styles will be with me for the entire season. Jay, um, you are a licensed, a licensed coach as well, right? Relationship yes. coach? I am a certified dating and relationship coach. Yes. Okay. So that's going to be amazing because we are going to pick his brain on a lot of the little things that we're learning about ourselves and the relationships and all that good stuff. Okay. Let's connect. Now it's time to connect. Let's connect. So those of you who are listening for the first time, Let's Connect is a segment where my listeners, sorry, family, as Style said last week, where the Let Me Touch You family sends in questions, clips, and we play them and we discuss them. So this week we had a little shy person, so I just recorded the question in the clip. This week's question is a written submission, and the question is, should you always take your parents' advice about a mate? Yes, no, and why? 
Wait, that was you? No. Oh. Somebody sent it. It was written. They didn't want to. I was like, come on, send me a clip, a voice note. But the They're voice like, no, was you? I don't you? want people. Yeah, the voice was me. <laughs> okay, so that's, how, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. So, guys, has there ever been a time where you regret not taking your parents' advice about a mate? I'm going to let Jay tackle it. Honestly, um, I my parents never really gave me any advice about a mate as far as whether or not to date them or be with them. Like, my mom was just real, you know, hey, you got to make your own decisions. But I had situations where family members didn't like a particular person that I dated. And they turned out to be right for not liking it. <laughs> Styles, you? Uh, my mom was like the biggest Monday morning quarterback. Like, she stayed out of my way, but as soon as shit went left, it was kind of like I, I knew she wasn't no good and y'all wasn't going to make it, you know, shit like that. Um, as far as like with like the Jay situation, we're bringing, like, I never brought anybody around my family. So it wasn't a thing. I never had to worry about that. You know, I kept them in quarantine. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever regretted taking their advice. I don't regret taking their advice. I regret not listening to their advice. Um, my okay. mom is one that, you know, they're too quiet. Be careful. And I'm like, Ma, you know, he's just shy. I'm telling you, Barbie is the quiet ones. And the quiet one turned out to be the, I'm not going to say horrible, but the one that made me go through the most. Right. You know, there was a second part to that question, though. Um, if I heard it correctly, it was more or less like, should we even take our parents' advice? And, you know, it's twofold. Because for me, yeah. if I, you know, I got to look at my mom's resume. I'm like, you're not cut out for the job of advice. So we're just going to leave it like that. No, you can't do that either. Why not? Because her mistakes is what's helping her guide you down the right path. So you won't go down the same path she's in. So just because she made X, Y, and Z mistakes doesn't make mm. her, you know, someone right. you should have listened to. If anything, I think those are the best people to listen to. But the thing is, and you know, uh, God for, forgive me, but I'm not going to sit next to a homeless per person and figure out my life's plan. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So I don't agree with and, that either. Well, no, 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 because it's twofold for that, because it takes a really strong mind to sit next to a homeless person and figure out your life's plan. And not everybody's, you know, cut from that cloth. So a majority of us are cut from the cloth where we need direction and you're looking at him as though he can't give you direction or she can't give you direction. So that's what I'm saying. Like when I look at my mom, you know, and, and let me be clear, disclaimer, I love my mother. We do have our issues. My mother's a very beautiful person. She'll be 65 next month. Um, anywho, outside of that, um, I'm not going to, my mom loved me like no other and my brother like no other. When it comes to a man though, I can't say that I can take advice from her. It's that simple. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just, it is what it is. And because of the failed relationships, you know, again, I don't agree with that because her failed relationships is what's making her give you the best advice that she can. For example, a homeless person. You know, I've mm. worked in hospitals for over 13 years, and you see a lot of homeless people. And I hate when people treat them like shit. Because at the end of the day, yes, they're homeless right now, but you never know the don't, type don't of life confuse, they live. Don't confuse the message, because that's not what we're talking about. We're not I saying that they're you, not I know okay. that. Okay. Okay. So, 
when people talk shit about homeless people and treat them like they're nobody, you never know what happened to them that made them be this way. Something must have happened. Before that, they were someone that could have had their life together. So they can't give you advice about how to get your shit together. Just because at the moment they're fucked up doesn't mean that they don't know what it takes to get their shit together. No, it's an absolute fact. But it's also not your go-to. For you. And not for you either, so don't do not do that. You just, you've never had a conversation with a homeless person. I have. Don't do that, because you didn't even ask me if I have. I haven't. You're right, I assume. I wish you guys could see Jay's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so you wouldn't. Jay, you would? Would you what? Take your, your parents' advice. Yes. I, um, I value my mother's opinion. She's a very... Level-headed person She's a very um, Trustworthy person In my eyes I trust her I value her opinion So I would take her Advice On occasions I don't think I would Completely and totally Always take her advice Because I I view the world Very differently And I understand Things In life Differently So There would be Times that I would And there would definitely Be times that I wouldn't Okay But see Your mom has a strong resume in that she department does. In that department I want yeah. to be very clear Yeah My mom Does not My mother again Like I said Outstanding mother You understand what I'm saying But as a as an individual You know When you're talking about The dating department A little bit different Views a little bit skewed We don't see eye to eye On most things With regards to relationships So I wouldn't You know So I guess it's on a Case by case basis Yeah Definitely In my case my mom had failed relationships, but I always looked to my mom. Her opinion mattered most to me. And, you know, if she would tell me something, a lot of things in life that I've done, I've done them based on if my mom would approve or not approve. And it could be a good thing and it could be a bad thing because it was like if I was like dependent on her approval to do certain things. So should you take your parents' advice? You should, to a certain extent. Listen to what they have to say, but at the same time, do what you feel needs to be done to make you happy. You got to tr- learn how to trust your own instincts as well. Yeah, there was something that you said that, that triggered me a little bit. Um, with regard, But we're not going to make this long. Let's just go. Let's just go. No, but I want to know, and then we take it from there. What triggered nah, you? No, 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 because we won't, because then you're rebutting, and I want to rebut. So it's not I promise I won't. So, so the, basically, when you was like, you know, I can't take my mother's opinion on that, even though I love her more than life itself. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I can't be like, oh, I love my mother. She said that, da, 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 so I'm going to have to do it. It's not, you know, you ever heard the term, like, do as I say, not as I do? Mm-hmm. There we go. So that, that pretty much is that. Like, I love my mother. Same way you love your mother, and Jay, I'm sure, loves his mother. You understand? But I'm not taking advice from them. In relationship to park and that ain't gonna happen. Sorry, my okay, love. I got it. Yeah, yeah, he loves you. <laughs> heart to heart. It's time for the main topic. Let's have a heart to heart. Okay, so this week we're discussing if dependency is a bad thing or not, right? So, what do you guys think? The word dependency. You feel people just put a negative label on it when it's a good thing. 
or you think I don't know what do you think Jake is paid for this we're going first <laughs> yeah so I'll say this I've learned uh, quite some time ago that when people discuss dependency codependency they really if you listen to what they say when they say things like you two are very codependent or things like that what they mean and what that actually is what it actually is are two very different things and so because they're two very different things it's 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 just i don't know i don't know but but so i said all that to say that people have a negative connotation when it comes to the word dependent or dependency when in all actuality i don't believe at all that it's a negative thing in any way whatsoever I think it's necessary Absolutely Well after reading that chapter I agree with you 100% on that Yeah after um, reading that too Not right Because <laughs> yeah. right The dependency definitely Has a negative connotation And we are raised to be Independent of everybody And everything You know So you have to be Because in independence Basically means that you're, you're suited and ready for war you know, and you're self-reliant. You don't need anybody for anything when in all actuality, you actually do, right? Because we wouldn't seek out relationships if we didn't need that. I don't go looking for shit I don't need. You understand what I'm saying? So with that being said, like, and when they were talking about that in the book, I was like, oh, shit, that's a fact, though. I just needed something to back that up. Like, (laughs) you know, but um, yeah, what are your thoughts, Bob? Before reading this chapter, I looked at dependency as a negative thing. I'm going to keep it 100 with you guys. Because that's the way the world has made it out to be. You know, you depend on somebody too much, you're too needy. It's like you're asking for too much. You can't do that by yourself. And one thing that I learned, because, you know, I do um, have a therapist. And one of my major problems is asking for help. I do not like feeling like I have to depend on anyone it takes so much for me I can be dying and I would try to do the shit on my own before asking someone because the thought of needing someone else just feels like if it's a sort of weakness for me but after listening to this chapter and it's like everything he's saying is true it's something that we biologically need like that's just the way it's supposed to be we're supposed to be able to be comfortable enough to find someone to depend on, right? So what right. I think is that um, people with the avoidant attachment style have developed that whole negative aspect to it. That way, whenever they find someone that's needy and dependent, they use that as a negative way so the person can stop being as needy as they are because they cannot, they can't um, fulfill the needs their, that person's needs because you know as, as you guys know avoidant people they shy away from all that needy lovey-dovey good stuff right but at, at the same time though what they did ultimately was um weed out the people that they aren't compatible with not compatible with a needy person if i'm an avoidant simple mm-hmm. as that um and as far let's touch on since you brought up the whole biological thing um, when it when it comes to dependency, in the book, all right, I play a doctor on TV. In the book, it said that you become um, biologically dependent on this person, 
right? So a lot of things, like, 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 I don't want to fucking misquote this dude. Sound like I'm saying what? Hold on, because I have a clip that I think has to do with what you're trying to say. Your happiness is something that should come from within and should not be dependent on your lover or mate. Your well-being is not their responsibility and theirs is not yours. Each person needs to look after himself or herself. In addition, you should learn not to allow your inner peace to be disturbed by the person you are closest to. If your partner acts in a way that undermines your sense of security, you should be able to distance yourself from the situation emotionally. Keep the focus on yourself and stay on an even keel. If you can't do that, there might be something wrong with you. You might be too enmeshed with the other person or codependent, and you must learn to set better boundaries. That's yeah, that's going. that's how we're raised. Just a preference that um, what he did was he was basically saying that's the way society is right now. And this is what's yeah. out there in the atmosphere right now. And he debunked that with the whole biological thing. That's what I was waiting for. I thought you had that clip. Um, okay. Yeah, because that clip, the, the clip that we just played, that was easy to speak to because we all have experienced that, you know. But the whole biological thing, you know, and a couple of, I guess, experiments and stuff that he ran was like, for instance, he had hooked a lady up to a, um, a, a machine, right? And he told her, like, listen, I'm a, you're about to feel a gentle shock, right? Yeah, the and MRI machine. The MRI machine. And I don't know the biological term or the medical term for whatever it is that raise. We'll just call it levels for right now, right? <laughs> Go read the book. We'll call it levels for right now. And her levels went up, you know, significantly. Um, she held the hand of somebody. It went up a little bit, you know. But when she held the hand of her spouse, they went up. But it wasn't significant. But when she held the, held, uh, the hand... When another lady was used, ironically, her name was Karen. But when another lady was used and she held the hand of her spouse, but she was in a happy marriage, they barely moved. You know, yeah. so they, they're they connected and she's dependent on this dude. Now, let me ask you another question. I asked this to both of you because Jay being quiet, I told you he gets paid for this. Right? <laughs> we, we here for you. Um, the Then it's not bad. This is a question. Sounds like a statement, but it's a question. Well, let me format it like a question. Is it bad to, you know, say that you're dependent on someone for your happiness? I have to say that's bad. That's definitely bad. No, no, no. Explain it because I'm ready to rebut it. So to say if when you say you're depending on someone for your happiness, happiness is not available to you. If that person isn't involved in the equation, that's very that's extremely unhealthy. However, if you have you're happy and this person brings you more happiness or enhances your happiness, then by all means, that's that's the way it should be. <laughs> Semantics. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So I should have said happier. Yeah, yeah. So we <laughs> got the IER <laughs> because there there are so many people that are I've 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 had discussions with people who have said, "Hey, I'm not happy when I'm not engaged with this person or with this person or you know in some way connected and tied to this person. Like my life without this person is not happy. It, you know, right. and that's that's a problem. Like you well, have to be happy thing. apart from that person. I agree. 
Well, let's do this. Let's let's separate, you know, happiness from obsession. Okay. Um, yes. And I, I do believe, Definitely. like, for instance, you know, it might be somebody that loves chocolate and, like, just loves chocolate. Like, chocolate makes them happy. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they look forward to either getting off of work, making it to that vending machine, or, you know, I'd be at the corner store or whatever, and, you know, getting that, that, that candy bar. Like, I don't think that it's a bad thing to be t- like I look forward to speaking to my wife she makes me fucking happy mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying yeah. Oh, like yeah. I look forward to that I look forward to getting off of work that makes me happy mm-hmm. you know you know when it when it hit when the clock strikes whatever time it is that I get off and I'm like I'm no longer a slave I'm happy <laughs> yeah. you understand what I'm saying um so I don't I don't believe especially in the context that he put it in the book that um Openly saying that someone makes you happy, or you depend on them for, because you, again, I'm being very specific. I'm not, it's not a blanket statement. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying like I woke up and um, she's next to me and I'm, I'm, you know, ready to live the rest of my life. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that she fulfills a portion of me that makes me happy. Yeah. And I, I rely on that. So if I'm down, I know I can pick up the phone and call her and I'm happy. Brighten your you day. understand what I'm saying? Your cup. Yeah. She basically fills your cup. Yeah. So there's something that he talks about called the dependency paradox, where he explains that the more effectively that we are dependent on one another, the better we are independent. In other words, we'll be able to concentrate better on goals and tasks in life. So I think that's kind of what Styles is explaining right now so it's good to have that you shaking your head no yeah that's not what i'm saying i know because i'm familiar with what you're about to talk about because I, uh-huh. I, I got notes i got notes so oh, yeah so basically what he is saying that the more we're okay with being dependent on someone we're better independent absolutely and i understand it right so and i understand exactly what jay's saying the only way to fully feel love from someone else is if you love yourself. So a lot of people are, you know, the new thing is self-love. If you don't love yourself, it doesn't matter how anyone else, how much anyone else loves you, it won't be the same. But in the book, they're touch, they're teaching us that it's okay to be dependent on the other person's love. So it's kind of... Ve- go ahead, go. No, there's a very important piece to that, though. Because you have to have a willing participant on the other end of that right it can't flow one way and this is what he was saying because the other person has to be able to receive that right and bounce that back the same way that you're doing it in order for that to work because outside of that uh, and he used somebody on like dancing with the stars or something like that and he was like she said i felt like we lost because i was too needy right but but the other guy wasn't able to actually receive the whole needy thing and then convert that into positive energy. So that's what was happening, you know? So in order for it to happen, you have to have somebody that understands that part of it as well. So you can't walk into it, understanding who you are without that other person understanding who they are and they can better understand you. And that shit, that whole relationship should work out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I did that. Just yeah. That around. Sound like so I know what example, I'm doing over here, Jay, just a little bit. Yeah, it does. You got it, bro. <laughs> it's my notes, So the man, example that Styles is talking about, there was a couple, they were doing a race. It was Karen and Tim. 
right? And during the race, Karen was anxious. She needed Tim to hold her hand. And Tim was frustrated that she wanted him to hold her hand during the race. And he didn't want to hold her hand. So it basically, like, paused them in the race. And she had a fit. And eventually he held her hand. So that slowed them down in the race. Then there was another part in the race where they had to bungee jump. And Tim was scared. Karen was there reassuring him that it was going to be okay. She was going to jump with him. And he did not care. He took off his suit. He took everything off. He said he wasn't going to do it. And then later on, he finally did it. So if he would have just did what he had to do, reassure her, grab her hand, and run with her, they would have been a couple of steps ahead in the race. If he would have just took her re know him reassuring him as a positive thing instead of a negative thing that could have helped them win the race as well so that's the example that they gave with the couple yeah well, moreover like forget the race let's talk about the relationship you know he could have <laughs> done that but he didn't even understand what he was like he wouldn't have understood why he was doing it yeah he was just seeing her as being needy like why are you being needy in the middle of a race not understanding that she just needed his support at the moment and he was it's uh it said that he was uncomfortable with it like yes he just he didn't feel very comfortable and he, it was almost like he didn't really want to open up because he didn't want to encourage her to be clingy or needy because it made him uncomfortable so in situations like that i usually say find somebody who actually likes you <laughs> amen so Amen. he didn't like her because he felt uncomfortable. Not, well, he probably didn't I don't like know. Her. He like, just didn't know how to. He didn't understand her. He didn't understand her. He didn't know how to process what he was feeling as well. So here's the thing. I've I've learned that, and you 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 all can probably follow me on this, but I've learned that there is something that someone you really like, or that really makes you happy in the sense that Styles put it earlier, like his wife does him. That can do something And you don't mind it It's perfectly fine You enjoy it Someone else Who you don't feel the same connection to The same depth of happiness with Can do the exact same thing And it annoys the mess out of you It's a problem (laughs) Yeah So that's why I kind of say You know Probably need to find somebody who Who likes her But So there Like you say a lot Styles There are many levels to it many layers to it but on the surface it's kind of like what helped what would have helped them was him being more open and receptive to her needing to be reassured okay so I have a question for you guys um is too much dependency a bad thing like have you ever been in a relationship where the girl is too dependent on you and she comes off as needy or the girl is dependent on you and you're okay with it because you know that she trusts you enough with these things, whether it's emotionally, physically, anything. So it, do you see it as a negative or as a positive, or does it depend on the situation? Well, I've been in a, a situation where I almost feel like we help shape and mold people's attachment styles when we're with them, right? Because if you, if you end up with a strong person, a strong individual, what, what attachment style is that? What is that? Secure? Secure. Right. Secure. And um, you're constantly cheating. You check off all the boxes, right? 
so that they they form a dependency on you or on this relationship because of the fact that you know um at times the happiness you know overcomes the all of the bad times and stuff like that but you're constantly cheating then you turn them into that insecure person when they entered the relationship they weren't that person at all so i think that you know and that's probably where he didn't go to the hood he wasn't in the hood when he wrote this book (laughs) right because there are extenuating circumstances i want to talk about damn it now but um how you call it yeah and the the i've been in positions where i've been flipped from secure to the like insecure person because of you know moments like that you know and vice versa and vice versa like i've i've cheated um I've had to, air quotes, work my way back into, you know, a good space where, um, unfortunately, unless you're emotionally mature, you never work yourself back into a good space at all. You're always standing on that ledge waiting to fall. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I'm battle. speaking the gospel. I stopped talking. Niggas just drop mics and shit. <laughs> nah. because no, real. You. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Because it, it, it's an uphill battle. Like, once you do that. I, honestly, like sometimes, unless you're willing to like really roll your sleeves up and do some work, probably it, it's best to just leave that situation alone. <laughs> Seriously. So you guys are okay with a female being dependent on you? So I'll say this: I don't mind it. I feel like if a female can't be dependent on me, then that that's a sign of a bigger problem. But being too dependent on me, like. I have to call and make your doctor's appointments. Then I have to drive you to the doctor. I have to make your hair appointments. I have to, you know, like that. And, and, and to the point that it's, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. That's a bit extreme. And that would create a problem as well. See, and that's where I get a I little agree. confused. Are we talking about like emotional dependency or are we talking about like, cause I'm I not said either or be... I gave, I said, yeah, either or. Yeah. Oh. Emotional, I mean, yeah. Because hold on, Jay. The other side, the, the part that you're talking about, like that's where we want just you know, like ninety percent independence. Like, go ahead, do your thing. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah. That just happened. You're adulting at that point. <laughs> We're not yeah. even talking so, about like so emotional dependence. So you're saying emotionally? Yeah, like emotionally, okay. like yeah. Like, you know, and I think that as far as like too much dependency is where you're not happy unless I'm in your presence. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's toxic. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, so if your mood affects my mood, that's a problem? I no. mean, shit, we don't even have to be in a relationship for that to happen. Right. So if we are biologically connected, <laughs> then my mood is going to affect your mood, but it may be, it should be, it shouldn't be extreme. You know what I mean? It should be at my level or below, not more. If I'm pissed off or I'm in pain and I'm like, yeah, it hurts a little bit and you're losing your mind. And yeah, that's something wrong with that, you know? So I feel like anything. Okay. This is a good rule of thumb when it comes to anything too much is is bad. (laughs) Extreme levels are not good. Too much of anything is bad. Exactly. Right. Okay, since we're talking about biologically, has there ever been a situation where 
you were biologically connected to someone and their presence made you feel safer in a situation, gave you the courage to do things a little better or gave you that push that you needed. I would say that the, the biological connection did it for me that, that put me in that position. Um, but then again, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm no expert in this situation. <laughs> so I mean, the biological connection you did? Yeah, nah, it's, it's, it's the characteristics of that person, right? So if that person is outgoing in a certain situation, like if I'm a poet, that person is just outgoing, right? And they're pushing me to do X, Y, and Z. And now I'm watching this person maneuver through crowds, whole crowds. And I'm scared to get on stage to actually do whatever. I'm going to draw from her, her energy, you know, okay, from watching her do it. Yeah, so I don't think it's biological as much as it is, like, characteristics and stuff like that that I'm drawn to. I think it's, it it becomes biological when it's, the, like, not what you described. Like, she's not outgoing, you're not outgoing, but just because they're there and you have that connection with them, it makes it better. It makes it more... Okay. You know what I mean? So you're not depending on their strength in in that situation. You're both weak in the same area, but just having you here makes it all right. Right. I think okay. that's more of a biological thing. Yeah. I'll take that. Because I remember there's there's been um, situations, of course, like when I'm going through my depression and I'm just feeling down. And um, when I was in a relationship with someone, that there was one time where they were at work and I was just like at my lowest and I called them. I was like, I need you to leave work. He's like, why? I was like, cause I feel like shit. Like I just need you here. Like, I don't want you to come. I don't want to talk. I just want you here. And I just want to lay next to you. If I want to cry, I want you to let me cry. If I want to speak, I need you to let me speak and listen. I'm not telling you what I got to tell you because I want a response. I just need to let it out. And when he came, I did exactly that, and I took a shower, fell asleep, and I was good. So that was like the whole biological connection that we had. In the book, um, he mentions that there is a lady with high blood pressure, if I'm not mistaken. And he was saying that if if you suffer from high blood pressure, and if you're in a relationship with someone that, like, is connected to you biologically, they can easily lower your blood pressure. And obviously, the opposite, if you're in a relationship with someone that is not for you, your shit is sky high. So, Give like, I kind of understood that. Give me a say, your relationship can literally kill you. Yes. It can. Yeah. You guys don't think it can? Jay. No, absolutely. Absolutely, What yeah. I mean... Think about it like this, right? Because whatever relationship you have outside of your person, okay? Now, if you're if you don't want to be in a bad space, because obviously a bad space um, raises your stress levels. So if you have a friend that's constantly calling you with crazy news, you can block that person. You can literally not talk to that person, and you are fine, right? But your person is a little bit different. You have to endure this person, for lack of a better word. <laughs> you have to be around that person. And if you live with that person, Jesus, you're going to need Jesus. But, um, yeah, so it definitely made sense with what he was talking about. That's yeah. why I'm still single. 
Don't say, but see, I can't wait to get further in this book so we can address all of that because it's just the whole <laughs> negative connotations that we was talking about with dependency. No, but like you're, you're living off of no. in the Old Testament. There's a whole new testament. You're living off the old. No, <laughs> I know that. Believe me, I know that. I realized that just this early in in the book. But um, I know my triggers, and I have yet to meet someone that does not trigger me to the part where I don't suffer from high blood pressure and I don't want to. Right. Um, I thank God that Instagram has created the mute button Ooh. because some people, like Style says, like if you have a friend that's always talking negative, posting negative things, I don't need all that in my life. You in your ass. So Ooh. when it comes to relationships, it could be friendships, sexual relationships, um, relationships with your family it can affect you in any way you yeah well, i mean we made a we made a blood pack this season if it's negative we don't want it like i'm not even entertaining any any of that you know because not only does it affect you physically but it also affects your mindset you know and you never want to get off of your square you want to stay on your square you know maintain focus so whether you fail or succeed that was all on you not because yeah. of outside forces so that's that's what we doing. And I'm glad you said that because that was one of the things. So there is a school of thought where psychologists and psychiatrists have basically debunked to a degree being triggered and triggers for people. And what they're actually saying in essence is instead of it's saying we choose to be triggered by things. It's not the things themselves, but it's the onus is on us. You know what I mean? And it's it's deep. It's complicated, but it's powerful and and i personally subscribe to that school of thought now it's it's new it's it's a new uh, venture for me like i haven't always felt that way but i'll say in maybe the past six months or so i've adapted this concept or this way of thinking and it it's very interesting it's very powerful you know what it it, it absolutely makes sense because i believe that you can only be triggered if you're still carrying carrying around the weight of what that event was let's talk about war vets you know so war vets is so used to like you know the trauma of war so let's just take sounds and specifically just like sounds so if you hear something go off your first instinct after that is to because you're still carrying that around you're still there technically you know so um that's fucked up jay that's all I'm gonna say. Cause I, <laughs> I have I talked about some shit last week with my mom, and I was like, "Yeah, but this is triggering." Da da da. And then you, yeah, that's fucked up, Jay. No, but it's true. Cause that's if you, up. it's like what Jay is saying too. If it triggers you, you're giving it the power to trigger you. You can't give no one the power to affect you in any way. We have to learn and understand that we have the power. To, you have to limit who you give the power to. No, you give nobody the power. No, you absolutely give somebody the power because the person Who? that you fall in love with, you gave that person the power to actually make you feel the way that you feel. Because outside of yeah. that, you're an avoidant. So once I give you the key, I'm never, I'm not an avoidant at that point. I become secure. Listen, nobody. No, 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 no. Just say I'm right. Just say I'm right. In a don't roll, negative don't roll way. your head, your neck, your eyes. Just say I'm right. Why are we doing that? <laughs> Why are we doing that? Whenever I see that someone is trying to affect my mood in a negative way, that mm -hmm. power is revoked. All right. You have no you only have the power you, to you confuse affect me. me in a positive way. You said don't give nobody the power when you talk about revoking power that you didn't give them. 
Because you have a point. You made the point when it comes to <laughs> you having a partner. So you don't have to switch it up a little bit. <laughs> That's what he wanted to hear. <laughs> I know. But I didn't say that he was R-I-G-H-T. I just said he had a point. <laughs> oh, I still know how to spell. <laughs> okay, so, right. In this chapter, he talks about all these things, right? And the goal is to have a secure base. To find someone that you can have a secure base. Having a secure base is having someone that you know is going to back you up with any and everything in life, right? So that Jay is very private about his life, so I can't even ask that question. No, I I got answers for any question you ask. Okay. um, No, I got a question. You guys think that being an independent in a relationship is productive? Given what we just talked about just now, because I don't want to throw that out there like we hadn't touched on it. No, that's probably why all my relationships failed. Being an independent is really being independent. Independent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I never allowed a man to be a man because I'm so used to being. Well, that's something totally different. That's not even what we're talking about. If your man is in there wearing your drawers, that's not. Oh, that's not about. I never let a man be a man. You know so, how early so clearly you guys... your relationships have gender roles. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I don't do gender roles. We know this. Not even my children. I don't do gender roles. Okay. So how right? are you not letting but this man say, be a man? I'm gonna explain. See how earlier you guys said that you're okay with females depending on you for certain things, right? Even if it's emotionally. I wouldn't even do that. Because like I said, I always felt that was a sign of weakness. Like, telling my man, like, oh, could you pick up the groceries? Or could you do this? Could you do that? I'm like, why should I ask him? He should know. But then again, he won't know that I need him to do these things unless I say something. Because, you know, not everybody works the same. So a lot of times, I I can't say all my relationships because I've only been in two. So it makes it sound like a lot. But the two relationships I've been with, um, I assumed that he should know, right? And... When I needed things done, I just did it instead of letting him do it because I felt like I looked weak. And I felt like a man didn't want a woman like that. A man wanted a woman that could handle everything. So so let me ask you a question. So it wasn't that you weren't letting him be a man. He was still being a man, right? You weren't emasculating this guy. He was a man. You just weren't allowing him to be your man. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. Just give me a nod. Gentle yeah. nods work yeah, here. Yeah, there you go. that's that's yeah, a good. Yeah. yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. But um, the reason why I made that statement because the last relationship, um, he used to tell me that he's like, "You don't make me feel like a man. You make me feel like I'm one of your kids." Mm-hmm. That was heavy. All right, shit. I won't defend him anymore. <laughs> like I can't. Yeah. If, if that's what he says, that's what he says. And, you know, I, I used to be like, oh, but this is the way I am. And he's like, I understand, but you never gave me the opportunity to show you what I can do for you. Just because you're so used to doing all these things on your own doesn't mean you have to continue to do them on your own. I'm here. Share the weight with me. But I never all knew right. how to do that. I got yeah. you. So so real quick, I'm going to throw this to Jay real quick. Actually, I'm going to throw it to both of you, but I need Jay to go first. Um, wh- What do you need in a partner? And this might be off the beat, the beaten path. Or what have you, but taking the um, the 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 basically the the I shit, you think I should know these things? This is like episode two, right? I promise no. you, it's like Three. I read the shit and I do a physical memory dump. <laughs> um, 
what is it? The agreements? Huh? The agreement. Yeah, I'm it's definitely not the agreements, Jay. Don't jump in on my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here, here, um, I need someone who responds positively to my bids, and that's bids for connection, intimacy, bids for um, validation, reassurance. Like that's the most important thing, and I feel like that's kind of what, in a way, and I could be wrong, Barb, but I feel like in a way, that's what she may have been referring to in a sense with the issues she have in relationships because as an independent you don't place bids with your person which makes them feel like they're not really needed it's like mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah. and when i say placing bids it's it's basically what um buddy was saying in the beginning of the book when he was saying that um you know if we if a partner fails to reassure us then we are programmed to continue to seek that reassurance until we finally get it so I, I need someone who who definitely knows how to respond to my bids for, you know, love and attention and attachment or whatever it is, and one who equally knows how to um, place bids of their own and are comfortable with doing that. So for me, I definitely am a secure attachment. I have a secure attachment style, and I love being um, involved with someone else with a secure attachment style because it feels more full and complete. For me, okay, okay. Next up, Bob. I believe mm-hmm. that's you. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you. What do I want in a man? I honestly don't know. All these years, I thought I knew what I wanted, and now that I'm older and I'm getting to learn myself more, eh, the things that I was going for were things that were like minor things that should naturally come in a relationship someone to love me someone to respect me these are things that should be part of the relationship regardless of what of course whoever I do meet I am they have to love me and my children that's like the main fact right there but when it comes to different things that I I need and want in a man I'm still trying to figure all that out because I'm in the process of figuring out my needs Got a question? Um, mm-hmm. What are, What are the basic standards for being your friend? Like your friend, just your friend. Don't tell me um, what you don't want. Tell me what you want. Because I we that's tend to honest, start okay, honest, reliable, yep. uh huh, um, and outgoing. Honest, okay. reliable, outgoing. Okay, and you. So then, I think that that should be your template in finding a mate. Because what happens is this, you can build off of that. That's a basic foundation of just being a good human being, being able to actually share my space. Me, I don't even like people. I fucking hate people. And and that's just what it is. You know what I mean? You find me a good human being, I'll give you a high five and whatever. But that whole thing with what you said, everybody has, we have standards, Mm -hmm. right? So your standards as a friend, because we can't separate relationship and friends. We can't, right? Because how you call it, um, friends are just basically the cocoon version of a relationship. So we're cultivating some type of relationship with this friendship right here. All right. Mm -hmm. So use that as your template. Because I I listened to you and what you said that, you know, these things should be the basics. You don't you don't have friends that you let disrespect you or, you know, do something like that, you know, certain things. So just take that, turn that into your core and then move forward. Um, cut the check. Uh, you want yo, my cash I'm out? loving this today, yo. I got Jay. It's that Leo energy right now. 
I see. Because they think that we ag- arrogant. We're not arrogant. We're really nah. not. We just don't like everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what it is. Very true. Okay. So we need you to answer that question now. Me, I'm I'm much in a way like Jay not to um, jack his whole shit. But, you know, I'm, again, like I said last week, I've gone through all of the phases. Literally all of them. You know, and that was just the maturation of me finding myself. Um, but right now, I sit in a comfortable space. I'm secure. You understand? My wife is is um, secure. There's a level of dependency that I'm happy to say that I have. You know, I'm proud to say that I have. You know, I can t- depend on her emotionally because I she's the she's the go to. You know, she's the go to. She's the catch all, and you know, for for any emotional bullshit and strife. You know. Um, she adds logic to it, sensibility to it, shit like that, and vice versa. So it's a good ebb and flow here. Um, yeah, nah, that's 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 that. You know, like she, that was that was my stop. That was my stop. Okay, Jay, I have a question. I asked Styles this last week. Um, yeah, have you always been secure, or you feel that there was levels and you went through different phrase, phases? That's a trick question. So what I'll say is <laughs> Because of My Upbringing My family life And things of that nature Like I I have a secure attachment style Because of the way That my family raised me And responded to me Growing up right So But then I've encountered situations And I've been in situations where a female kind of like what what style said earlier where a female may have made me like cross over into some into an insecure attachment style as, as it related to her because of the things that were going on so yes i've definitely <laughs> been that so you know be anxious yeah very more of an anxious yeah attachment style. right okay. but it was the, the weird thing is it was only with this specific person like it wasn't like I was that way. Like after that situation was over, I didn't go into the next situation as as an anxious person. I was back to my normal secure self. So, and I'm not saying secure in the sense of like confident, but like the attachment style I'm making reference to. And kudos to you because a lot of people get leftovers. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not gonna lie, I definitely was leftovers on a couple of occasions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm just strolling in and that motherfucker broken. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I I didn't say I wasn't broken. Now I was broken and I needed some work on some things. But my attachment style would just it wasn't you know like if they did, if they weren't available I didn't start getting anxious like oh shit well, here we go again <laughs> you know what I mean it, yeah yeah it yeah. wasn't like that. Okay, so Jay, one more question: What advice would you, as a coach, give people? Who are too dependent on their partners and are trying to like lower that so they won't scare their partners away. That's another thing that he mentioned. Sometimes yeah. when you're too dependent, people are scared to be dependent because they're scared they might chase their partner away. Mm-hmm. I've been that way. That's another thing, I was scared to be too dependent on a guy because what if he doesn't like this? What if he thinks I'm too needy? And you know, even if I did need his help, I wouldn't ask for it because I didn't want to push him away. Right. I feel like it's just like with anything. What we're basically referring to is growth, growing out of being one way into being another way. And the way you grow 
in life, especially if we use the analogy of the gym and whatever is resistance. So you have to create resistance. And what I mean when I say that is you have to go against your natural inclinations. You have to do the opposite of what you want to do. And you have to practice it and you have to get comfortable with it. <laughs> and and so, yeah, you have to stretch your muscles in that respect. Yeah. I just went That's in my pocket, right. got everything that I have right now, went included. <laughs> you should cash out. <laughs> I'm about to send it all to you. Heard <laughs> up. Dare to be touched? Here's the quote of the day. Today's quote goes as follows. Having a strong desire for connection is normal and necessary for our well-being. We are hardwired to seek proximity and closeness with others. Voicing this desire and initialing behaviors of closeness are signs of a healthy and sanity. I think they were supposed to put a healthy relationship and sanity. Okay, so not showing signs of dependency or neediness and valuing emotional connections is a beautiful thing. Long story short, emotional dependency is needed. It's in our DNA. It's okay to be dependent on your partner. I'm still trying to learn that, but I'll get there eventually. So guys, before we close out, let everyone know where to follow you at. I had a great time learning more than what I already did on the book with you guys. And I can't wait to see what next week holds. Once again, uh, we are available. I have two lovely co-hosts, uh, Petra and Lyric, and we are available you can find us on Instagram at the Cognac Room Podcast, on Facebook at the Cognac Room Podcast, and on Twitter at the Cognac Room. So definitely check us out. Mr. Leo. Oh, I have two Leos now. You have two Leos. Um <laughs> Yeah, nah, I'm I'm in shambles right now. Uh, you can find <laughs> you can find me at the Brunch Hour Podcast. You can also find me at uh, happy Hour Podcast. I'm mad you forgot where you at. Because I'm, I'm right now, I'm homeless. <laughs> Don't take advice from me because <laughs> you ain't gonna win. Um, nah. All the um, good what, advice you gave tonight. I I don't know. That's not for me to determine. Right, Jay? Yeah, it was definitely jewels, jewels. Mm, shut. I appreciate that. Shout outs to um. Bless oh, Jess. You horrible, yeah. I'm I'm all over the place because I'm actually my ADD's kicking in and I'm looking at blue lights and television screens and all types of other shit. Um, nah, <laughs> shout outs to Bless Jess. Uh, love you, Mama. And um, yeah, another Leo, by the way. Sorry. I'm just surrounded by Leos. Is that yeah. a sign, guy? You telling me I got to marry a Leo? I don't know. I don't I'll know. Be locked up somewhere. That's gonna be funny. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. For next week, Styles, Jay, make sure you take the quiz. Right. Next week, we're going to discuss the quiz and go a little deeper on the attachment styles. And I'm fine. I'm going to do the poll on Instagram. I didn't do it last week because I was trying to give Spotify some time. Whoever's listening on Spotify, there's a poll on Spotify, which asks you, what you think our attachment styles is whoever guesses 
it correctly for all of us, they will win a copy of the book. We will be sending that to you. I mean, shit, the cheat sheet was, didn't we just say that? No. Oh, you're talking about as per the quiz. As Yeah, as per the quiz. Damn, I'm a slave again. Somebody's telling me what I am. And don't don't lie on the quiz, Toby. okay? I'm sorry, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> so be sure to look at that poll, answer the questions for your chance right. to win the book. And on IG, look out for the poll on Instagram. And next week will be, either next week or the week after, one of the two weeks, we'll see. We'll I, let you guys know who the winner is. Well, I'll be honest. The best way for everybody to follow along is just read the book. We're, we haven't read the book. We're just going through it chapter by chapter. So we haven't, like, we'll read that chapter, come on, and have a discussion about it. So, you know, we definitely want you guys to chime in and join in the conversation around this Um this whole thing that we're talking about because we're all working yes. prog- works in progress a work in progress i done wrote the shit down and fucked it up all right i'm ready to go it's my fault go ahead you sure oh look yeah let's go please subscribe rate and follow barbie on ig and let underscore me underscore touch underscore you facebook at let me touch you podcast twitter at let me touch you three and on youtube at let me touch you podcast Want to be featured on Let's Connect? Simply call 929-359-3229 and leave Barbie a message. Your message will be on an upcoming episode. Thank you for the continued support. See you next week. Stay safe and stay blessed.